Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So, to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying Recess Mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess Mood really is a vibe y'all there are only 20 calories per serving no added sugar and it's infused with stuff i like including mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens which really helps me to relax after a high energy day recess mood has four delicious flavors to choose from my personal fave is strawberry rose if one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol this is the way Give Recess Mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Hey, hey, sistrin, what is going on? What? Yes, this is a second episode in one week. Um, my name is Bree and you are listening to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. I am the founder and host of this show and the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care, a resource and podcast for Black women where I focus on the healing, joy, abundance, affirmation, celebration of Black women. We are Black all day, every day up in here. So yeah, I'm excited because I never really do two episodes in one week, but man, I really wanted to bring this conversation about daughters and mothers and, and being able to raise children in such a way where they are not left feeling bruised and and harmed and like just just feeling like they weren't respected and loved so I was able to have Debbie and Alana on they're in brown girl society by the way and these are the kind of excuse me these are the kind of conversations that we have one or two times per month and I promise you I did try to edit this podcast with um I tried to edit it down so that it wasn't so long, but we talked longer than part one and part two. There was more conversation, but I tried to edit it so that you weren't listening to like too, too long of an episode. So um, with that said, we're going to go ahead and get into part two right now. And we're going to be talking about more ways just to connect with your children, especially your daughters as a mom how not to yell at your kids, um, how to just actively listen and engage and make them feel important. All that is what we're going to be talking about. So let's go ahead and get into part two of this episode, and I will see you on the other side. Alana that I can be so I can be the best daughter, and she's working on herself so she's the best Deborah she can be, and then she can be the best mom to me. Yeah. And let me just add to that. I know that there are a lot of situations and even though my parents are great, they weren't perfect. Even though I think I, I'm the, I have been a great mom, I always still look for ways that I can be better. I mean, there, I've fallen short, I'm sure, in many different ways in many different stages because you don't know what you don't know. But one thing I can say I do stand by is that when I know better, I do better. Like mm-hmm. when I know it, I do it. I don't think about it. I just act on it. But um, I know that there are a lot of people that come from, you know, traumatic background, traumatic situations. One thing I also did, like you said, you can't really wait on the closure. Like you have to, like, there were things that I felt, you know, very guilty for, you know, that I, from when I was a kid growing up, you know, things that I've done that I feel like, you know, I regret that I shouldn't have done. But in the, you know, in the moment, you know, I had to, 
realized that by me feeling like maybe I wasn't further along in life, you know, maybe I could have been, you know, I could have been more, you know, years ago when I was trying to find myself, find, find my footing, you know, I had to then forgive myself, not just for, not just forgive the people who, um, may have done done me wrong but i also had to forgive myself you know for even allowing them the opportunity for partaking in whatever it was you know that that took place my part in it and and to be able to free myself for a long time it took a long time for me to forgive other people but at the same time it still took many more years for me to realize that i wasn't completely free till i forgive myself and then when i forgive myself then now i can be a better mom i can be a better person you know but um a, a huge thing that i think that would help especially when cuz i know kids that are in some situations that i really wish that they didn't have to be in but um you only have to be there for 18 years that sounds like a lot but you know the the truth of the matter is when you're coming through it you're 15 and you're frustrated you've got three more years you know what i mean and you can start making a plan for your life but journaling something that you um teach on here in the brown girl self-care community something that i started alana on at 10 i think that those practices are very important as well for mom and daughter because I'm sure mom got a, a million pages to write. And the daughter, a lot of times, or the son, in some cases, has also a million things to write. So we, but again, keeping her privacy privacy in mind when we decided to do this when she was about 10, so about 25 years ago, um, I said, let's start journals. And we didn't have we didn't have a whole lot of money. So we went to the dollar store and got a bunch of those black and white composite notebooks. <laughs> and we put the dates, you know, this is the year, whatever, Alana's journal, Deborah's journal, and we would just write them. And we made a pact that we would not ever read each other's journal. Even if it was just laying out, we would never read it until one of us passed away. And then we would read the collection of journals okay. so now 25 years later how many how many books do you think that is right that's about 30 we probably have more than 30 40 journals yes. like that we both have from all these years two more points okay yeah, let's hear points. them <laughs> one is exposure so i'll let you talk on exposure I just think that it's so important for us to expose our kids to everything that we possibly can. That's something that I, that my family did. And so I did that with Alana as well. And even if you don't like my family put, like my parents put a lot of money into, you know, my brother, like, you know, airplane. So he went to aviation school, you know, I had ballet and tap and acting. And then my other sister was a dancer. My other sister went to FIT and, you know, they, you know, they would go to all type of different dance challenges and, um, we all we have a piano to this day and all of us had to have piano lessons and none of us play the piano. But, you know, <laughs> they just wanted us to try everything, judo, karate, gymnastics. I mean, we were in everything and they just let all of us do our thing until they saw what we gravitated towards, you know, and, you know, whatever it was, they would they would encourage that, you know. My sister had piano lessons, but she liked the guitar. So they bought her a guitar. She was happy, you know, so things of that nature. And the same with Alana, you know, she was very academically inclined, but I wanted to see her more, you know, into more 
physical things, you know, sports. And so she ended up going into, you know, Caribsa dance group and a fashion group. And, you know, I wanted her to get outside of the academics just to see, you know, wanted her to be well-rounded. And I think it's important for us to just look at our kids, not impose upon them because we can do that too. You know, I was a dancer. You'll be a great dancer. You know, put these ballet shoes on. Like, I don't want to dance, mom. <laughs> you know, mommy dearest, right? So, you know, just see what they gravitate towards. It could be something completely different. And, you know, that I think that that matters. And the more that you expose them to different things, like I've always been the godmother because I have like eight godchildren have tons of um, nieces and nephews. And I'm always the one to say, you know, I want to take you on your first airplane ride. I want to take you on your first, you know, trip to the beach or, you know, we're going to do this for the first time. We're going to go do this one thing so that whenever you ever do this again, you're going to remember that Auntie Debbie or, you know, that I'm the one who took you for, to this experience. Even, you know, kids that live in, in you know, unfortunate situations. I'll bring them out like every um, summer uh, when I lived in Miami, we had a very big house. So I would always bring all my nieces, nephews, godchildren. It's like 10 children. They thought I was crazy. But every summer I would say, send them to me for two months because, you know, I just didn't mind. And so they would come and they would do everything Alana did. And like we were talking about earlier, a lot of parents with the relationship, you know, I'm your mother, I'm not your friend. And that's where a lot of people get confused. Like, how are you such good friends? And she's your, and you're her mother. Like, how do you have that balance? And I've never lost any respect from Alana. Like the respect has to be there. That's something that I, in the West Indian family, that's huge. And I've never that, like if the friendship caused the respect to waver, then we would not be, we would, the friendship would have to, to go to the wayside. Mm-hmm. But just like I'm that cool person, I'm going to let you guys stay up, you know, all night. You guys can play games. You can swim during the week. You can do everything you want to do. But, you know, we're going to go to church on Sunday. After church, we're going to go have a nice breakfast and we're going to go around the table and everybody's going to talk about what they got from the sermon. You know, you guys can hang up and play, hang out and play video games all night. But, you know, tomorrow afternoon, we're going to go to the library. Everybody's going to get three books. And I need a book report this week from each of you on each of those books. You know, um, you can go to the movies on Friday, but on Saturday, when you get up, we're going to have a nice breakfast and everybody's got chores to do. You know, when you eat, when you eat, you need to bless your food. You need to talk about what you're grateful for today. So yeah, you can be cool and you can have all the fun in the world, but there's still discipline in place. There's still books to read. There's still reports to write. There's, you know, you need to have your spirituality in place, you know, all of those things. And while the kids love that cool parent that does all the fun things, let me tell you, they love the parent that tells you, you need to be home by 12. Mm-hmm. They love that parent that says, you know what you, did you read the book? Let me hear what, let me hear all about what you, what did you get out of this? You know, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they feel that. That's a bond. That's a you're growing. They're trusting. They feel safe. They feel that you, you're concerned because Lana had plenty of friends that she went out with. She had to be home at a certain time, but they could have come home with her, stayed for three days and their parents probably would have never even called. I'm like, you know, and you know, while she, she might've been having a good time and didn't really want to be home at 12. Did she feel good at, at 12.05? She knew somebody was looking for her. You know, somebody cared about where she was. So I think that a lot of times when we try to do the friend parent thing, we try to be too much of one, too much of the other. We can, we can, you know, have some sort of a balance balance. where they're getting what they need and then some of what they want too. you know, because that's what life's about. You know, you don't want to. And don't be afraid to negotiate 
as well. Yes. She let me know from a young age where, you know, respecting my opinion and also being transparent that, you know, my opinion holds weight. So even if, you know, like there would be times like, you know, when I was younger, I'd be like, mommy, I want this. I want this. You know, you see a commercial. I want this. And then she broke it down. I had to be maybe nine or 10. And she broke down every bill we had. She's like, this is my paycheck. Please take note of this. If you have not done this, if you have young children, like this will change your life. This, this right here. So you need to do this. She get, showed every single bill we had, wrote them down. Then she showed me her paycheck. So this is what we get paid. This is every two weeks. This is how much it is. Had me add up everything. Okay, we're calculator. Yep. Add up all the bills. Add up what our um, what the pay was, and what's the difference? Do you see yeah. that our bills are more than what our pay? It was is? negative, girl. <laughs> so she <laughs> was, so <laughs> negative. When you are asking for these things, understand this. This, this is where our money is going and that there is a negative. So, you know, on a monthly basis, I have to piece together to make sure that everything is covered, you know, and it really helped to put in perspective, like, okay, right now we don't have that. But I know that when, you know, when we, she got a bonus or her income tax came around, then she'd be like, you know what? I remember the things that you want and here you go. Let you can, we can in moderation, you know, enjoy some things together. And, um, that was definitely a huge thing because she, she, she broke it down in a way that was like, these, these are the facts. And these are things that kids don't, they don't get exposure into that. It's just, no, we don't have it. Money don't grow on trees. Stop asking me, you know, ask me again, see what happens, you know? And that's, exactly what I'm talking about goes back to being transparent. Some people are like, I don't need you to know how much money I make. No, I need you to know how much money I make. Okay. Because you asking me for everything you see and we don't ha- like, but at the same token, when you saw, she was shocked when she saw the negative number. Oh, mommy is negative. And what did I tell you? I said, but God will provide I said, every month we make it. Don't we? I said, have we ever missed a meal? Are these <laughs> lights on? Do you have cable so you can watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? What is this? Dawson's Creek. You know, right. Absolutely. I love that transparent. And it's, I think that sometimes there would have been a chance for a different had, if our parents would have, for the ones that were just like, no, it's just do as I say. The answer is no, you cannot have it. And they're just frustrated, but they're frustrated because they're struggling, trying to make ends meet. And they have this child that's just like, I want, I want, I want, because of course, kids want what they see you know they want what their friends have or they want that experience that toy or that whatever when you have a parent that's just like struggling financially especially if you're a single mom I know the single moms they just we they make things happen where there seem to have been no way Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying they they know how to make a a dime last for the amount of two dollars like there's just something that we have that we are able to just, you know what I'm saying? It, yes. it's, it's just a part of our survival and to take care of our children. So I understand that frustration when they're just like, no, I, because I said so. Like when the kid is trying to, there's just so much going on, yes. you know, there's just so much in that dynamic. But the fact that you're able to just say, hey, Alana, sit, sit down, sis. Let me tell you something. Let me whisper in your yeah. ear. <laughs> Here's the bill, sis. You know, it makes sense. You ain't getting the toy right now, but I, I, I got you. Don't worry. That's I got right. You. It's just the way that you're able to explain it so a child understands and they 
feel like, damn, I feel seen and heard. I know I can't get this damn toy. <laughs> Why and how she explained to me makes, even though I don't like it, it yes. makes yes. sense. You, you know what I'm saying? I, I can't, and I feel hurt. Like, I know she wants to do this, but right now it's just not happening. But I get exactly. it. Yeah, so that's exactly. That's part of that foundation, that relationship that you both have been able to build together. Right. And let me yes. tell you uh, that after that, she was the first to tell people when people say, hey, Alana, Kim, no, nope, my mom can't afford that. No, nope, <laughs> she was shutting people down. So that's why I tell people to to remember that tactic, because it really helps you because it takes so much stress off you. After that, I never she never asked me about anything else. She knew when we had it, she was going to get it, whatever, whatever it is that I could afford that she wanted at the time. And I mean, all these years later, it played a part where Lana is just not that person. Like I will want to give her, and she's like, no, mom, that's okay. Don't worry about it. It just completely changed her perspective on money and things and what she really thought she needed to have and didn't need to have. Never been a needy child at all. Mm-hmm. You know, even when she could have it, she's like, no, I'm good. Yeah, you know, honestly, honestly. Okay. And even like, um, like even now there's things where she'll be like, oh, well maybe, It'll be time for like a new car soon. I'm like, I'm gonna ride this car till the wheels fall off. This is depreciating. It's, it's depreciating. It's a liability. Like we don't, we don't need that. Like so, just certain things, you know, that I'm very much more conscious about. Um, what's more necessity versus over just wants and liabilities. And Brianna, you mentioned something about sometimes you have so much going on, you could be yelling and screaming and just like, it's like, you just want to pull your hair out sometimes as a single mom. But that just reminds me of one thing that I did struggle with for a while was the kind of yelling thing, because you do feel like, oh, oh, you know? So when I was a young mom, I would just, you know, and she was not a bad kid, but sometimes she was just, you know, terrible twos, you know, a little mischievous at three and four. And I would yell and I had this beautiful family member that we just love. He's no longer with us, Uncle Teddy, but he was just such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom. And he, a lot of street sense, he has had had a couple of businesses and he would always pour into us. And whenever I would try to get Alana to do something and I'd be, you know, you know, you need to do this. I'm telling her two, three times, I'm getting frustrated. She's she's not doing what I'm asking her to do. Um, He would just talk to her and it would get done like the first time. And this would happen two or three times. And I could have like been like even jealous. Like, how come you're he's telling you to do something, you're doing it and you're and I'm telling you and you're not, you know, because I was still a young mom. But I was so eager to figure out, like, what are you saying to her? And he's like, I'm basically saying the same thing to her that you're saying to her, but I'm not screaming at her. You know, it's not what you're saying is how you're saying it. You're screaming at her. She's not even hearing you. And he was just so always so cool and even keel. And if he was saying good morning, good evening, and you need to clean up your room, it all sounded the same. You know, and he was just that. so smooth. I, I had to ask. Because good morning. Yes, clean your room. <laughs> Come, I've called you 15 times, daughter, but you're not responding. Come downstairs and Help me wash the dishes, girl. My daughter would look at me like I was crazy. I don't do a lot of yelling, though. I, I used to as well. But you know, you live and you learn. You know what your child responds to. You know how you wanted to be treated when you were a kid. And you just start to make those small shifts and pivots the more you honor your self-care. Because that extends to your kids. So I love I love that. I'm, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that this week. I'm, I'm just going to keep everything in the same 
tone and I'm going to see how my daughter responds. Is she going to think I'm crazy or is it going to make her more receptive? I'm going to find out. She doesn't listen to me anyway, regardless, but. <laughs> but I think he also talked to her a little bit more too. Like, you know, why, why would somebody need to tell you to do this two or three times? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean get in her head a little bit as opposed to just do it. Yeah. I've, I, it has been a while since I've, a long while since I, and this is, this is the growth. It's the growth for me because the old version of Brie, you know what I'm saying? When I just had her up until maybe she was about maybe, I would say seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. Um, progressively, I just got better, in my opinion, better and better and better and better. And now that she's 18, I wish I would have started when she was one, two, three, four, five, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Just the things that I've picked up along the way during my self-care journey. You can't go back in time, obviously, but even from now, like if you're listening to this podcast and you're just like, well, damn, my daughter's 25 or my daughter's 10 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it doesn't matter. I mean, as far as like, you can start today and make implement healthier changes. And if your child is older, they're not living in the house or that relationship is just fragmented, but you know that if you just have that conversation and be real with them and and try to invite some healing into the relationship and apologize and let them know what was going on with you. This Mm -hmm. is where I was when I was 25. This is where I was when I was 21, when I had you or whatever. Because a lot of times kids or your child, they want, speaking from my experience, they the only thing separating you from just this place of where healing can really reside and begin is just having that first initial conversation where you are honest, no excuses. I effed up. This is where I was. This is this is how I was raised. This is why I think this way. This is why I was saying those things to you. This is why I had those reactions or whatever the case may be. And, and really trying to make amends as a parent if you are serious about having that relationship, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to step up to the plate. And I, it's a humbling experience. I've had to go to my daughter and apologize more than a time or two because I've maybe reacted in a way. And I had to think about that and be like, wait a minute. Now that you've calmed down, do you see how foolish that was? Or do you see how that har- how harmful that may be for her? Mm. Or how you may have hurt her feelings, even if you didn't intend it, because you just went with your gut reaction. And then you have to go and you have that conversation and be like, look, kid, I'm I'm so sorry or whatever. And they may not even care. Like, oh, I'm over it. Like some, my daughter, I, I'm just being real. I can hold a grudge. I can. And my daughter can too. But for the most part, she's just like over it. And I'm so thankful, but still, even, even though that is her personality, like, oh, whatever, um, you still go and you apologize. And so that way your child knows about your character and the type of parent you are so that when they do want to come to you and have these conversations, you know what I'm saying? They, and they know that you're receptive to it, not that you'll do it perfectly necessarily, but they know that you're receptive to it and, and, and you're able to process it and, and treat them with the respect that they deserve. Um, as a parent, sometimes we have to learn how to humble ourselves just because I'm a parent doesn't give me the automatic right to treat someone a certain way that is not giving them the dignity that they deserve as a, just being a human being. Mm -hmm. I've had to learn that because I wasn't treated that way when I was a kid. 
I wasn't treated that way. So again, a lot of reparenting yourself and unlearning certain toxic, harmful behaviors is all a journey and a progress. I think with self-care, it's not that you're gonna be a perfect parent, but you're willing to make things right and you're willing to own up to your BS. And, and like I said, just treat your child in, in a way that you wish that you would have been treated. And so. that's huge, Bree. That's huge. I mean, bro, like, bravo to you. because, And especially saying that you were not treated that way, but now you're doing what you know. You, you're you giving what you needed. Right. And that goes back to the traditions. You know, you take, take the meat and leave the bone. If it's not working for you going forward, you know, some things your parents did you love, some things they you did not agree with, leave that behind and move forward in the way that you wish you would have been treated. Give what you didn't get. And that's, and it's huge to go back to your child, especially after going off on them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then you gotta, you gotta walk back in there all slow. You gotta take that walk shame. You gotta take that walk shame. Like, well, <laughs> you what have happened was. Exactly. <laughs> but for real, real talk. Like I have had to, humble pie is a dish well served cold or whatever the hell they call it. I don't even know. <laughs> But sometimes you got to eat that humble pie, baby, because it's not even about just right now. Mm. You have to think about the things that if, if I don't address it now, how is this going to affect my child's behavior 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when they're a parent or when they go into a place of employment? How do they expect to be treated by people in authority or by other by their peers or by other women, black women, other other men or whatever? You have to think about how you are how you are potentially affecting your child now and how it's going to manifest down the line. So that's something that I try to be very, very mindful about in my reactions, the things I say, just everything, because it are it all matters. Our words matter, the way we treat our children matters, like the conversations we're able to have are not able to have because they don't want to talk to us because we have so broken their spirits that they can't even talk to you. Like all of that matters, like every bit. And so my daughter, I have to be open. I have to take the good conversation she comes with, with the bad, because there's a lot of bad. And I'm just like, Lord, I don't want to notice. I don't want to know what the <laughs> doing. I, but you, you got to be able to have those conversations. So Yes. It's, it's just a lot. It's exactly. a lot in it these is. maintaining these healthy, loving mother-daughter relationships. It can be done. And I know a lot of us, because we're older, we are coming from a place where we have been hurt. We have been traumatized. We have been beat down, called everything but a child of God. We have been, we have been abandoned. We have been neglected. We have been dehumanized. Um, but we are now in a place of owning our experiences, being responsible for cha our, the change that unfortunately we have to make thanks to someone else's nonsense. I gotta own that so that I can put my best self out there and be my best self and live my best life. Oh yes. Oh yes, and you said something spot on. I'm sorry, what were you saying, Bree? I was gonna say because I know that we it's like six. It's, we are over. Time. Are we over? Oh, I just wanted oh. to apologize. <laughs> if someone wants to jump off, definitely. I I just want to hey, because we might go another 20, 30 minutes. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> off. God, but God be with you. I understand. Uh -huh. uh, and if you have a question, a comment, I see Tia laughing. If you have a question or a comment. 
please let us know. Tia, did you want to say something? Um, I just want to say I, I'm really enjoying this talk and it makes me, because my relationship with my mom is becoming better. And when you guys talked about like transparency and exposing your child to like kind of everything, like not holding back to protect them, how that is actually a benefit. Sometimes I just get worried. Like my mom exposed me to like, um, I'll say like she smoked pot all my life. So when I was in high school and a lot of my friends were getting into it, I never felt the need to. Not that that's a bad, the best example that I'm giving, but <laughs> I never like, I know I just come out with this. I just never felt the need to get into the drugs and things such as my friends did because it was already exposed to me, but it was exposed in a different way. Like, Hey, this is what I do at night to relax. I have a piece of toast and I relax and I go to bed and that's so, it's, so it's not the best example, but I do understand how me being exposed to that actually benefited me in mm -hmm. a different direction. And so mm -hmm. it's just really nice to meet Debbie's daughter and to, to have this conversation. And I just want to know though, to a question for Alana, like at what point did you get, I don't know if there's ever like a certain moment, but where you realize like your mom was not just your mom, but becoming your best friend. Hmm. I mean, she raised me as a single mother. So that's an excellent question, Tia. I think there was kind of this, um, almost like it, because it, she kept me so close and we had so much fun, even just from young, like there's times when I can remember us in the car three years old and she's like, what type of music is that? And what type of music is that? And I'm like, merengue and bachata and reggae. Mm -hmm. and like we always just hung tough even since. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points. So told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like seriously? If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body. So I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self-care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self-care for 25% off. Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. I was little. Um, I think what the real transformation was, was probably closer to like my, maybe like my, maybe like between middle school age and ninth grade like where you're going into that time period because that's really where you're you really you're you know going through puberty you don't really know exactly what's going on and your social life is your world as a kid and for parents it's like you you don't even be friends with those kids like (laughs) in 10 years like nobody cares about what they say right but anything that I came to my mother with she was like I got you like if I'm like Becky called me ugly at school and this boy that I like, she has a crush on him and now he doesn't like me because he likes her. Like she listened, like it was the most important story of her life. Like if it was important to me, it was important to her. And I think that's the difference where in during that time frame where I realized like, okay, well, if there's anything I need to talk to her about, she's going to listen to me. She's going to give me good advice and she's going to make sure that I feel like I'm heard. And I think that was where it went from just like, oh, that's my mom and we're such good friends. And, you know, to like, I can really rely on her. And I think also this one time um, in middle school, I don't know if you you want me to tell them. Well, I'm telling you guys, but I'm going to not tell this one story. So I had Tia, why you got her started? I was, Tia, so I was, um, at school and I think I was maybe in like seventh grade and this kid started throwing like rocks or something at me and I was talking to my friends and I was just like who is this little kid so you know I went up to him and I was just like you need to stop throwing rocks at me this that and the other and I didn't know he had a sister so this girl was like this much taller than me and she's like you better not talk to my little brother I'm gonna beat you up tomorrow and I was just like oh my god I'm going to get beaten up tomorrow. Like, you know, and we're in Miami. So if someone tells you they're going to beat you up, like they're going to beat you up. This girl was huge. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. So I went home and I told my mom and she's like, what? So like the next day she's like, I'm going to come, I'm going to pick you up from school. I'm going to just walk straight to the car, walk straight out of school, walk straight to the car. And like, she was there in the schoolyard, just sitting on the bench, all inconspicuous hat on, no earrings, rings on every finger. Like she was ready. She was ready. If she had to, she was ready. And I'm like, she told this story. I know she thinks <laughs> back like, I thank God I didn't have to beat up a child, but she would have for me if she needed to. But we were going to have a conversation. Nobody was going to jump on my child. I mean, and mind you, this was the okie doke because the, the brother was like half Alana's size yeah. and the sister came out of nowhere and she was twice Alana's size. Like it was, it was a bad situation. It was kind of a switcheroo, but yeah. But I couldn't back down though at that point. So I was like. But God knew nobody showed up. Nobody threatened. It's about to go down. No, I suggest. I suggest that was Debbie. Like, yeah. 
But you know, as mothers, we'll do whatever for our kids. And I was just not going to let some girl twice her size jump her. Grant you, I'm not going to beat up anybody's child either. But there would have been a, a conversation and she, you know, we'd have to take it from there. But that was not going to happen. I was like, no need to worry. Yeah. So, so I think it's when you know, it, it, for me, it, like we were always good friends because we always spent so much time together and she always like respected me and loved me. We always had that um, connection. But when you go through things that really matter, where like you're in danger or you really need advice and you're confused or, you know, <laughs> your world is your social life and it's falling apart and you need someone to really be there for you. Like when I realized she was really there for me, that was like, oh, that's my rock. That's my ace. Like no matter what. But I'm happy to hear everything's going, things are getting better with you and your mom. Too. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. I think it comes with age and uh, for both of us and getting settled in her life. Um, I think a lot of our struggles was because she wasn't settled and happy in her life. And therefore, um, and I never felt heard. Like when you guys talk about like Alana, when you talk about feeling heard by your mom, I never had that. And it wasn't her fault because she didn't, she learned that from her mom, you know? And so it's all like generational. Mm -hmm. So I think now um, we are having these talks and she's having more patience and, you know, and it, and it took her finding security with a man in her life for things to come together and for us to kind of mm. have time for me now it feels like I'm still trying to let go of old things because it's hard to let go of those things of how she made you feel when and to move past that mm -hmm. but I'm realizing more that she's human and she wasn't set up with the best tools at all either and although like some people are like, well, I'm going to do better than my mom did. I think she did in every way that she could, but it still unfortunately wasn't enough. So like Bree said, learning how to parent yourself and also like learning how to forgive myself and forgive my mom for what she didn't know. Mm -hmm. That's huge, Tia. Mm -hmm. And congratulations on being able to move forward in that and that you guys are able to work together in that. And even just being able to realize like your like your mom is not this superwoman type of person. Like she is a human being with her own past, with her own decisions, with her own, you know, triumphs, mistakes and consequences that she's still living through. And you happen to be born during that life journey. So absolutely. I definitely commend you on being able to have that type of a relationship and that you guys are building. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Yes. She's not going to be here forever. So that's right. If I can leave this planet knowing that you knew I had the best life, like that makes me, that's what I need. So it's cool that we're doing that. So thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for that. sharing. Thank you. Love that. Um, I think you had one more point, Alana on your list or did we go through all seven? I think one more, one more. Yes. was family first. Family so, first. Mm -hmm. So pretty much when we talk about family first, we, when we make decisions, we try to make decisions on what is good for our family and trying to always progress together. And I think that's really where our businesses came from and really being able to work together in them. Um, because like mom said, like she had an excellent job. I was working as a nurse um, at a hospital setting and 
the reality is that you can't pass down your job to your child, right? Like you can work there for 40 years and you can't pass down your job. So being able to build something and build a legacy and build a business that now she can pass down to me that will go to her grandchildren and for me to actually be in a position where I can add value to that business where we can um, be creative together and mm-hmm. really flourish together. That's been an absolutely wonderful experience. Um, there's definitely, like we said, you, there are disagreements that we have. We don't agree on absolutely everything, but she's really good at also setting boundaries. Like, okay, we're going to agree to disagree on that one. And We'll, we'll call it a day. It's not, it's not going to stop the, the train from moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. So just trying to build with family, I think it's important um, that, um, it, because it's not just for your family, it's for your family ultimately, but it's also, you're adding value to so many other people, to so many other lives, because like I, like I said, I have eight godchildren. Um, I try to be the best mom that I can be to Alana. And by doing that, I also attracted all of her friends. Like I'm the group mom. And, and it's not because maybe their mom doesn't listen to them or they don't have their mom or they don't have a great relationship with their mom. It just so happened that her three dearest, closest friends from about third grade, all of their moms passed away. I'm the only one left, you know? So that was a journey for us all. You know, one of them just came to live with us. She just had a baby and her and her husband and her and, and my grandson, because again, I'm a mom, came to live with us for like a month because the baby came before as they were moving into a new home. And it was just a beautiful experience to have them here and for her to, you know, have me where she couldn't have had her mom at that time as her daughter was born. born. So we do this not just for us, but for, for everyone that comes behind us and everyone else that can use the knowledge, the wisdom, the tools that we have. Because again, we know there's so many mothers and daughters who don't have um, a healthy relationship. Anything that we can lend, we want to. But before we wrap up, one thing I do want to say, as a single mom, we, we, we look at our daughters and we want the best for them. We want the best future relationship, uh, husband, you know, family. And I feel like just because there's not a man in the house that sometimes we don't really know how to set our daughters up in terms of when that man comes. But one thing I always thought of from a very young age was I want her to know how she should be treated. So when some guy comes along and he's got money or he's cute or he's got this or that, that she's not impressed by any of that. So I was the one that whined and dined her all her life. Like, you know, I i mean, from Valentine's Day gifts and steak and lobster dinners and limousine rides, anything that I could do, like, as it can, I said, this is what you need to expect. You are, you are valuable, you are beautiful, and you deserve the best of anything. And if any guy comes to you with anything less than this, then you know, hey, yes. I was that guy. So let me show you how it's done. Let me hold the door open. And this is what you can expect. So she actually, again, exposure, expose them, let them see it, let them feel it, taste it. So he's, I'll take you out for a lobster dinner. What else you got? Girl, let me take you to McDonald's, Alana. I got you. (laughs) Let me me supersize your meal, girl. (laughs) Let me take you someplace they make the food in front of you, like Subway, child. Let me me get you. Take you to the next level. Let me let let me upgrade you. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, she did at every level that she could. Absolutely, she did. Yeah, we don't need a man to show us these things. We know what we want. We know what we deserve. So you know, we can also show our daughters. You know, even if you don't have a man in your life doing it, you know what you want. Show your daughter so she can go out there and know what to expect. And the first guy that tell her, tells her her eyes are pretty or she's smart that she's not giving herself away. Mm-hmm. You know, you are valuable, honey. Know your worth. You know, and it's okay to be alone. Solitude is a beautiful thing. Prepare yourself. You know, when that person comes along, you'll you'll have had some time to sit with yourself and realize who you are and what you want to work on. And that doesn't stop. You know, I'm 54 and I am still working on myself. You know, Bree and I talk all the time and, you know, we're always talking about great things that are yet to come. Both of us just building. I love that. So, you know, don't ever stop growing and learning and exploring yourself. And, you know, what you needed last year might not be what you need this year. You know, tap in. I love that. I love that you're pouring into Alana in that way. And that's something that I wish I would have done um, when my daughter was little, because that is that is so important. Like we have the conversations, but you're right. Like just showing her like okay, he's coming and he's got some flowers. I mean, that's great. Don't get me wrong. He's got some flowers. Yes. That's great. Um, thank you. But it's thank like, you. <laughs> you know, like not being like so, so hungry for attention or so yes. hungry. Oh, this guy, he, you know, he bought me some, some tennis shoes or whatever. I don't know what these kids mm-hmm. want these days. Right. Exactly. But, um, us like putting our value, allowing that to determine our value and, and how we're going to progress in a relationship because someone's giving us a little bit of attention when you, I know my worth. I know what I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I know how to build my own damn table. That's I, right. I know how to build my own damn table. So what else you got? <laughs> like, like not just jumping on the first thing because we're, it's, it's so wrapped up in our esteem. Like mm-hmm. you are showing her her value. You are pouring into her self-esteem. And so she has that mindset that, again, the flowers and that's all nice. I'm not taking away from that. That's great. You know, because some of these brothers out here, that's a whole nother conversation. But (laughs) (laughs) but just knowing that, okay, that's great, but I'm still fabulous. I can still do for myself. I'm going to be okay, whether you're with me or you're not with me. Like, I know I'm I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm good. Oh, you have pretty eyes. Like in your mind, like, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I know. You know what I'm, Do you see what I'm saying? Exactly. So I know that you're doing that. Kiwi's dad is in the picture. I am a single parent, but like he just picked her up yesterday and they went to some family event or whatever. So I'm glad that she is able to have that male role model because that isn't something that I had when I was a kid. You know okay. what I mean? So she has that different type of experience, but even still father or no father, like me being able to pour into her in that way. Um, that is just going to carry Alana like so far in her life. She knows her worth. It will never be shaken or taken away. You know what I mean? And our girls deserve that. We deserve that. So if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't get that, it's okay. Because again, reparenting, it's never too late to start today to treat yourself the way that you deserve and not wait for somebody else to step in and do it for you. Like you don't need anyone's permission to to be your best, like and have the best and experience the best and honor your worth. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. So, yeah. So we're going to wrap up. But I wanted to see, did anyone okay. else have any questions, comments? Sharissa, you always say something. She's shaking her <laughs> head. So I, I, I just feel like I have to always like check in with Sharissa because <laughs> I, I just do. Sharissa, what you got for us tonight? I know you got something. Um, well, Debbie, you're like my ideal <laughs> That's what I aspire to be as a parent. Um, that's how I treat um, all, even my goddaughter. That's how I parent her. Um, my my cousins, my little cousins. That's how I parent them. So it's refreshing to know and hear that you know it's this is not something new and out of the ordinary um, because you know. I'm from the Caribbean as well, and that's not how. <laughs> and so, where are you from, Sharissa? Antigua. All right. All right. So that's not that's not how I was raised, and that's not the relationship I had with my mom. Um, my mom was a very, very private person, and I was the child, and she was the mom. That was the relationship, and the relationship I wanted was what you know you guys wanted. I wanted to be able to go to her, and you know confide in her and tell her everything that happened. I did the whole mom, I lost my virginity and she's, you know, so all of that, just because I wanted to have that relationship, but it didn't happen. And I mean, it can't happen now because um, my mom is um, in a nursing home and unable to, you know, communicate. So um, I've had to parent myself and deal with that and um, accept that um, that will never be a future for me. Um, I mean, miracles do happen, but realistically, uh, that's what it is. But I, I'm so appreciative to hear about your relationship. And I think this is awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. And I love to hear that you're doing some of the same things. So yeah, we're not alone out here. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. And we definitely hope that whatever capabilities your mom has, that at least you talk to her. Because even, even in a coma, they can still hear you. As a nurse, let me tell you, even in a coma, they can still hear you. Yes, I do. Yeah. Thank you so we'll much for sharing. Keep her in our sharing. prayers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. This is like a marathon. This was a marathon session. I didn't even realize we went over. We were just having a conversation and well, this is just how it goes. Like and this is why I'm so thankful that you know I had made that t-shirt about how I don't do because we were talking and it's like I don't do surface level conversations. That's and right. And was like how do I like because I just and that's a, again a whole nother conversation. I don't want to make this any longer but <laughs> this is what I am I'm thankful to be able to have this space brown girl society because I've met some of the most amazing black women and um it really is even though this is a small group it is a it is like a family we have these conversations and we just keep it real but there's growth in that and in sharing our experiences and um there's healing in that and also like if you, if you come into this group and you have, for example, like a low self-esteem, just for example, or you're not really, you don't really know how to love yourself or you're just, you don't, just don't have that confidence. Like if you are in this group, you are going to get so many 
takeaways, just even partaking in the conversation or just sometimes I'll send like little love notes, like messages or, you know, whatever, but just being a part of the space. I'm not trying to humble brag, but I am bragging, but (laughs) we have built this community and it is just, it is helping me to really remember my worth. And it is a great reminder that black women, regardless of what the narrative is out there, we can come together, love on each other, have these conversations. We may not be from the exact same walk. We may not even agree necessarily on the same exact thing. We can come together and just be united and support each other and uplift each other and love on each other. So when you leave a session like this, you leave and you're just like, damn, that was amazing. I feel good. I feel like I can take on the world. I feel like I'm validated. I feel like I am seen. I didn't have to suppress my thoughts or I can just be free in this space and say whatever the hell I want to say. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm accepted just just for who I am. Yes. So I, I just I just love it here. I really, really do. And so conversations like this and being able to love on Debbie and now love on Alana. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, like this is just what black girl magic is all about. This yes. is the essence of black girl magic. So I, I'm just very appreciative that you, you know, were able to be in conversation with me tonight. So absolutely. Yes. Thank we're you honored for having us. us. And yes. thank you for creating this space, Bree. Yes. It is it's much needed. So rewarding. It's definitely my pleasure. Now, how can people find you yes. um, if you're listening later on to the podcast? Where can we find you? You can find us on Instagram at goddess reflection. I am. Yes. Nope. So we are together. We are embarking upon this new journey talking about our mother-daughter relationship and helping other mothers and daughters reconnect and just helping their relationships flourish so we are letting you guys know exactly what we do and we'll be having these honest open conversations on ig um definitely please like follow share if this resonated with you turn on all the notifications because there will be so much more to come and we are just brand new starting this page out so there's a lot more to come so we would love to have you all on the journey woo chale when i tell you that this conversation i got my entire life this conversation was life sustaining and i hope that you feel the same way um again i realized that the episode did go longer than normal but i just could not bear to leave out certain parts of of this episode because I do feel that the relationships that we have and that we build with our moms and our daughters, um, as we are moms and daughters in most cases, like they're just crucial to our healing and crucial to our confidence in how we raise our babies and allow them to expand and evolve and grow into these amazing free and liberated little human beings. So 
Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring this entire episode to you. Make sure that you go and check out Debbie and Alana. I'll go ahead and put all their information in the show notes. And um, with that said, thank you for rolling with the sister and riding out for these two back-to-back episodes this week. I would love to hear your thoughts on either the episode or your relationship and family dynamic. If you feel compelled to kind of share that, I'd love to hear it. You can reach me at connect at browngirlselfcare.com. That's again, connect at browngirlselfcare.com. And with that, we made it. Have an amazing week. Be blessed. And I will see you on the next episode next week. Take care.